Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, kitchens, baths, tile, appliances, and more. You name it, we chat about it. And now for our show. Well, today is October 9th, and we have the subject of tile has come up many times. Everybody is remodeling. I don't know if it's this time of the year, maybe before the holidays, and everybody wants to know more about tile, or they should. There's the good, the bad, and the ugly of tile, and our special guest today is an expert in tile. Um, Gil Olachea is the owner of Ceramica, which happens to be a beautiful showroom in Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, I say fortunately it's open to the trade only, and Gil would agree with that. Unfortunately, nobody can just walk in, and Gil loves that. So, Gil, thanks a lot for coming to this show right now. You're welcome, Nancy. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I think we're going to cover a lot of material that would be very important to people, especially if they're trying to get their tile done before the holidays. Um, they have about oh, three months, so they should be good to go if they follow what we have to say. So, uh, you know, in talking to you before, you mentioned um, to just touch on a brief history of tile. So why don't you start with um, that subject, the history of tile? Yeah, very brief. Um, Tile goes back to pre-Egyptian times, use of terracotta, uh, firing the terracotta into tile products and making mosaics. And you can find tile through generation after generation after generation until present time around the world by the map. Yeah. You know, I've got to say tile is probably one of the most popular finishes of any room. And it will go in any room, from the living room to the kitchen to the bathroom to, well, if you wanted to, the garage floor. Um, Interesting, huh? That would be a nice one. In fact, we've had applications where clients have wanted to actually place a very unique porcelain tile into a garage floor to uh, highlight their automobiles. Oh, like in a man cave. Sounds good to me. Also, it'd be easy to clean rather than concrete, huh? Cement. Correct. Yeah, porcelain has a, a nice ability for uh, cleaning any anything off of it, whether it be oil, wine, what have you. Mm. And we'll talk later about how to maintain that. So right now, let's talk about the trends of tile, like the sizes. I know that there are plenty of, I want to say, trends rather than fads and tile sizes. What are you seeing as the most popular? Right now, with respect to trends, it's really size, and that's um, about a few years ago, the really popular size was 12 by 24 inches, mm-hmm. and then it evolved into 24 inches by 24 inches, and now designers and the design community at large is really looking at products that are much greater than that, sizes like 24 inches by 48 inches, 24 inches by 36 inches, 48 inches by 48 inches, and in fact, I have a tile that measures five feet by 10 feet. Boy, I don't recommend that the do-it-yourselfers try to install that by themselves. Correct. That's really left up to a true professional. Um, when they're working with a tile that size, can one person do it, or do you need two people to set that tile? Great question. Uh, a 24-inch by 24-inch can be actually installed by a experienced installer. I wouldn't recommend it for a do-it-yourselfer. Anything better beyond that, it really requires two people. I would say. And it also requires a very level floor. <laughs> right. The larger the tile, 
demands that the floor be absolutely flat and level. If it's not, you're going to have issues in the future, either breakage, cracking, delamination, so on. Um, is it true that the larger the tile, the better the chances of cupping? And explain cupping to our people who don't know what I'm talking about. If cupping, if you were to just take your hand and with palm down and just naturally allow your fingers to curl down, you would have a, the effect of cupping. That phenomenon is predominant with low quality type of tile products. Uh, and, and, re and really becomes predominant with the larger size format tiles or even planks. What happens there is if it's not installed properly on a flat floor, you will have eventually breakage or what's called a lip. The lip is where two tiles come together and there's a noticeable edge from one tile to the next, which could be a safety issue for many people. Oh, definitely, because I will trip over tissue paper. And I have, don't ask me how, but I find the lips on every place I go. So you were saying if the plank is a high quality, then the chances of cupping are much less. That's correct. Okay. Yep. The quality of a product in, in tile, whether it be stone, ceramic, porcelain, or any other material, really is defined in the final application, the installation. You'll see that once you... Uh, on a floor, especially on a floor, from a distance, you look at the floor at an angle, you'll see high quality product with a high quality of installation. It will look like glass. Low quality tile installed, even by a high quality experienced installer, you'll start to see a breaking of the light reflecting off of the surface. Mm -hmm. You know, while we're talking about looking at it at an angle, I want to just mention that I have seen floors that people are very proud of. They've done it themselves. Maybe they took a two-hour course on how to put in tile at a big box store. And when you look down the room, you're seeing a not a very straight grout line. You're seeing wiggles. And how, it, how hard is it to set tiles straight? Or do they not cover that in that two-hour course? It's generally not covered in an in-depth manner. Uh, and it is not difficult to have a straight grout line. Uh, there are tools that are utilized, plastic little spacers. Mm -hmm. uh, but a true experienced person can actually effect a very straight grout line and no lipping or cupping, cupping that we were discussing earlier. Mm. You know, now that we're talking about install, I have another question, Gil. Uh, do you see when you look down a hallway... Is it important to have the tiles centered across, horizontally across the hallway, um, which really requires planning ahead, or does it matter? It doesn't really matter. The pattern itself can be dictated by the homeowner's desire or the designer's uh, idea of what it should look like and what it will bring out in terms of the home. Uh, but what's really crucial is making certain that it's laid out properly so that when you look at the hallway and the tile has been placed, that it's even on both sides. You don't have a full tile on the right-hand side and a fraction or a portion of a tile on the left-hand side. So in order to achieve that, you almost have to lay out the hallway and then work your way backwards into your main room. That's one, that's one approach. The other is just to plan it accordingly, lay the tile out on one end, make certain the other end is just as wide or as long. Mm -hmm. And 
and make your cuts accordingly. I think laying it out is so important. I have seen people who think it's so easy to say do a backsplash. Let's pick a backsplash because it's it's easier, I think, to work with because you're standing up instead of laying down there practically. Um, so what they do is start at one end of their backsplash and they just go right across the room without thinking that maybe they should center the tile over the cooktop if they have a focal point and then work out to the left and to the right. Um, I think, well, the key is plan ahead, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Planning is really predominant and critical. So you can start with the cooktop and, and work to the left or right from there if you wish, but it really depends upon the design that you're trying to affect uh, and the outcome that you want. Yeah. So it's not as crucial to have full tiles in the corner because that's not where you want to start. I would think if you have, say, a full wall with your cooktop in the center, you want to start in the center of the wall, work out, and then with the perpendicular walls, work from there, lining up everything. But pick your focal point because if you don't do it right, somebody's going to walk in that knows a little more than you. And they're going to see that right away. And after all your hard work and money, you don't want somebody to go, hey, what were you thinking? You didn't do this. You could have done it that way. Is that yeah. the worst thing somebody can hear? Yeah, absolutely correct. And really, if the predominant layout is going to be dictated by the homeowner. Uh, even the homeowner would describe to the designer, this is what I want. This is the focal point, to use your term. This is where I want people to come in and notice uh, and then from there, everything else is planned out and makes certain that it's going to be even on both sides or balanced. Mm -hmm. Well, I meant to ask you before, how were these materials made? Um, you know, how do they make tile? Tile can be produced from a variety of products. Here at Ceramica, we have products of tile made from uh, the traditional products, uh, porcelain, stone, ceramic glass. We also have tile and mosaics that are made out of exotic metals, wood, coconut, leather, gold. Coconut? Coconut, yes. How do they make tiles out of coconut? Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> the coconut is actually, it's made into a mosaic for the most part. It's cut into like three quarter inch by three quarter inch sizes up to one and a half inches by one and a half inches. And then it's uh, uh, glued, actually glued together to formulate a mosaic. Can, so, only be, can only be placed on the wall, however. So, okay, I'm picturing a coconut with the brown part showing out and the white part that you eat towards the wall, or are they grinding this stuff up and creating tiles? It is actually ground down to a very thin, uh, approximately one-eighth of an inch thick format, and then you can use either the inside of the coconut husk or the outside of the coconut. Hmm. Very interesting. I never thought about doing coconut on my walls. Hmm. Also, I have seen um, wood tiles, actual wood tiles. Now, I guess if you can put it on the floor, you can put it on the wall. But if you do wood as a backsplash, does that have to be sealed? I mean, is there a special finish on that wood so it could be washable? Yeah, great question. Certain materials are Oh, Gil, really... I'm full of great, great questions, so <laughs> no hesitation on that part. So certain materials are really not adequate for certain applications. Wood can be placed on a backsplash of a kitchen. However, think about this. 
what's the proximity to the cooktop? What type of cooktop is it? Is it gas, electric? Uh, wood is susceptible to heat, and so you need to be give careful consideration to what application is going to be accepting the tile product that you choose. Oh, good point, because um, as everybody knows, the venting over the cooktop has to be wrapped in metal or a quote-unquote non-combustible material, otherwise it won't meet code. Depending on where you live, you might have uh, stricter codes. So good point. I didn't even, I forgot about that. Putting something behind your cooktop that's combustible, you're only asking for trouble. Correct. And the other thing, this is a no-brainer, don't even think about using wood tiles in your shower. Right? Correct. There, there, again, just as I mentioned earlier, there are certain applications that will not accept certain types of uh, tile products. For instance, terracotta is not applicable to a shower, sauna, steam room type of application. Is that because of the porosity? Yes, terracotta does not release the moisture very readily. So over time, it will have a tendency to grow mold. Oh, Okay, if everybody's uh, not interested in mold, stay away from that. Boy, I think one of the hardest uh, do-it-yourselfer things would be to tile a shower just because you have to be so careful not to grow mold. Yes, correct. Um, Wet applications require an extreme amount of planning and careful installation and the proper use of materials. Materials can be the thin set. That's what actually glues the tile to the wall Mm -hmm. as well as the grout. Um, but there are certain other things they have to do in their shower. Is it red board, green board, membrane under the shower floor? Yeah, that's, that, to, that's to prevent moisture from actually right. penetrating past the tile and into the wall. Uh, that's a preventive measure to avoid mold from growing onto the back of the tile. Mm. I would think as a do-it-yourself, or if you're going to do a shower on a second floor, you're going to need 12 hours of uh, class over at the big box stores because that's hard making sure that there's no leaks that there's no mold growing the la- I I did work for a company that did showers of uh, certain material and the worst thing is when you get a phone call saying there's a leak in my kitchen and it's coming from my shower upstairs right my recommendation is a do-it-yourself project for an upstairs shower bath avoid it bring yeah. in a professional even even professionals have issues with those yeah. type of applications and jobs. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered a lot of um, information about the tiles, but how does your average homeowner know what kind of tiles should go where? I mean, you know, they walk into your – well, they can't walk into your showroom unless they have a designer. But for those people who walk into a tile store, how do they know what kind of tile to pick for the floor, the walls, the backsplash? Yes, Nancy, that's a, a real tricky question to answer succinctly. For the most part, if you have access to a tile showroom, just mm-hmm. walk in, explain to one of the salespeople what you're trying to accomplish, and walk around. Take notes, take images, take photos, take notes about what it is you like, what you don't like. Uh, do some research. A little bit of research will go a long way. Oh, absolutely. So, but there, when you go to a tile showroom, uh, there are people, but I think they've also noted on some of the tiles, not applicable for floors, this tile wall only, right? Just for the people who uh, 
haven't shopped for tile lately. Some showrooms will actually have that information posted. If not, and you're interested in the product, ask the, the salesperson and make certain that they have good knowledge about the products that they're displaying. Yeah. I think a lot of people tackle putting tile in themselves and not realizing there's a lot more to what they should know. Uh, the quality of the tile, how they're going to set it, how they're going to maintain it. We're going to talk about some of that stuff after I remind everybody that, guess what? Christmas is right around the corner. So if you're having family over, and in this pandemic, maybe you're going to have nobody over, but you want to maybe change the look of the room and brighten up your house. So you might think about changing your light bulbs, maybe um, migrate over to the LEDs, maybe add a couple of uh, chandeliers, maybe more lights outside for Christmas lighting. Well, if you have any questions, you can actually call Premier Lighting. They're located in Scottsdale. They have very knowledgeable sales consultants who will be happy to explain anything. If you have any questions, you can call them. And they also have a website, shoppremier.com. And their website has a lot of interesting blogs and information on it. They also ship out of state. They're located in Arizona, but they ship out of state so you can shop online. So there again, go to shoppremier.com. Or if you want to call them, you can call 623-907-2669. That's 623-907-2669. Okay, so once you have your tile set, you make sure that your lighting is perfect so that you can show off your your tile, (laughs) especially if you're doing some great backsplashes or flooring. Uh, So let's see. Where are we now with our tile um, applications? Like, typically, what do we do with the... Well, first of all, i got to ask you this. Do you know this busy tile that's getting very popular? There's, it's a very busy pattern. Uh, sometimes it's an octagonal shape uh, or hexagon shape. Are you seeing that become very popular, Gil? I got it. That's been on my mind. Every time I see it, I think, whoa, we're talking busy. Actually, Nancy, that is a fail-safe pattern, the hexagon uh, size of, of, or the shape of the tile in a mosaic. And it can be produced in two inch by two inch. And we actually have a hexagon that measures 24 inches by 24 inches. Um, so depending upon the design that's desired, you can use hexagon very, very smartly in most applications, whether it be a wall or a floor. And it's something that's timeless. Mm-hmm. Done properly, it, it is timeless. You cannot distinguish it from uh, a trend that was occurring six years ago or one that will occur six years from now. I agree with you on that. I was actually talking about the, I think it's a cement tile or something with a lot of pattern in the tile. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Yeah, that one. I've seen a lot on the floors, especially, or in showers. And and I'm thinking, you know, what was it, 30 years ago that patterns were very popular? Uh, You'd walk in the front door and you'd see this busy tile pattern. And now we've gone more to simplistic patterns, bigger tiles, so that you don't have the um, busy pattern that, they used to have. So that particular tile that I'm talking about, is it a cement tile? It could be cement. 
Uh, yeah, how is it still popular? The cement is cement tile right now is, from my perspective, with my clients, the designers, is not as popular as it is for mainstream homeowners. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, what you are distinguishing the color pattern that's on the tile itself, that really is a personal choice. Uh, some people will want something that's very bland and uh, like the hexagon shape without any real colorization. There's others that really like that real distinguishing um, colorization that you were talking about, and it, be it can become very busy. But done properly, it will look very, very nice. I agree. It does look nice, but if some don't forget, if you put that on the floor, that very busy tile, then with your backsplash and your countertop, you have to go very bland, very no pattern-ish. Otherwise, you're going to end up being very busy and one is going to contradict the other. So that's just, that's my, actually my point of view on and, that. And it's very appropriate because from a design perspective, that is the, the reason for engaging with the designer. Uh, asking, exactly. a, asking a tile professional such as myself, I'm not a designer, and most tile professionals are not. Uh, they may not be giving you the proper advice when it comes to design. Well, you know who else should really not give um, design advice? The installer. They're good at what they do, but they're not designers. So if anybody out there is looking for ideas, go to the designer or even go to the tile store. But don't ask your installer. But he should stick to what he does perfectly, and that's install the tile. Uh, one another, another question that I had for you, Gil, is can we put glass mosaics on the floor? There are certain glass mosaics that are floor appropriate. For the most part, what is seen in mainstream big box places is not. The quality is not there. It'll crack or, or lift. Uh, so glass mosaics or glass itself. It's high quality. It can be placed on the, on the floor. In our showroom, in our lobby, as soon as you walk in, you're walking on four-inch by four-inch glass tile. And we were talking before we uh, went on air. It's not as slippery as I thought because they're smaller and you've got more grout. Correct. The whole, right. The whole idea of the grout is to um, keep that area non-skid. That's why we use small tiles and shower floors, right? Yeah, correct. The grout acts like a, a grip uh, so that you don't have that slip factor. Okay, let's talk about what to look for in a good installer. Because you can spend a fortune on your tile, but what happens when the installation goes bad, huh? You know, it's an excellent point. I explain to people, do not go cheap on an installer. You can buy great tile and have it installed by somebody who doesn't have very much experience and the results will be disastrous. By the same token, you can take poor quality tile and have it installed by a very experienced craftsman and the results are miraculous. It's You know what, there's that old saying, the last person out makes or breaks the job. And usually it's the installer, whether he's installing tile or your cabinet installer, same with that. Your cabinet installer, if he's good, he'll make it look like a million-dollar job. If he doesn't know what he's doing, he can take the best cabinets and make them look terrible. 
So I think installation is something that people shouldn't skimp on. They should hire good, but before they hire, they should check out the references and, if possible, go see some of their jobs. And don't be embarrassed to ask for some references. Correct. And depending upon the application, you may want to have a experienced craftsman who's licensed, insured, and bonded, has great references. And certainly would I would hire an experienced installer for applications like a sauna, steam room, shower, bath. A backslash, if you're adroit and experienced or at least want to tackle something uh, along those lines as a do-it-yourself project, just become a little educated, go online, take some courses, go to the big box places, ask lots of questions, maybe try a small project, and the results should be pretty satisfactory for you. Yeah. And if you are doing your own backsplash, here's just a quick hint. If you've had granite put on and it came with a four-inch backsplash of granite, that's fine because maybe you didn't decide what you wanted for your backsplash tile. Now you've decided and you want to do it yourself. Do not install that tile above the four-inch granite. Otherwise, it looks like you did it yourself. So if you want to look more professional, pop that backsplash out. And just kind of smoothen the wall because, you know, you're going to take some of the wall with the backsplash and then bring the tile down to your granite deck and then seal it properly. But that's just a Nancy hint. You don't have to do what I say, but I think it looks 100% better. Hey, Gil, I got one more thing I want to talk about, which is very important because they can spend a lot of money on their tile, but if they don't know how to maintain it, in a couple of years, it looks terrible. So... What do you suggest? Yes, maintenance is something that's overlooked by so many people, professionals, do-it-yourselfers, homeowners. Uh, It is extremely important to seal with a high-quality product your tile, especially all stone product tile, whether it's a mosaic, a field tile of any sort. Grout also is something that will absorb water and other types of products. That needs to be sealed. The the most important thing to do and remember is avoid purchasing a sealant from a big box place. It's not a professional grade. And if you really want to do a professional job, hire a professional. There are a number of of businesses that that dedicate themselves to just sealing uh, tile installations. Keep in mind also that even if somebody tells you porcelain does not need to be sealed, If you're buying and using a high-grade porcelain, it's true. It's not porous. If you buy a very inexpensive porcelain or ceramic-type product, it is going to be porcelain because the quality is not there and the materials are not as high quality as well. So the entire surface needs to be sealed. Once it's been sealed, do not ever use a glass cleaner-type solution at all. It will actually just erode and etch away the sealant that you've had applied to your final installation. Is that because the ammonia that's in it? it, There's ammonia. There's other types of chemicals in that will attack the seal as well as the grout or stone. Uh, Use a pH neutral seal cleaner, which is available at most commercial application, um, big box places as well. Gil? I guess I should ask you um, this one last question. What countries produce the best tile 
and what countries produce the tile that we should stay away from? Well, you and I have talked about this quite often, and uh, you'll agree with me that Italy produces the best of everything. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Italians. Not that are, I'm partial to Italy, but. <laughs> what's very interesting is most people are not aware of this. It actually re requires more um, from a tile perspective or anything out of Italy. It requires more resources and money and time to get licensed by the country of Italy to use the Italian standard or logo when they place it onto their tile products or anything. It doesn't make any difference if it's tile or anything else than it does to get a drug passed to the FDA here in the United States. Hmm, it's, that, it's that difficult. And it's because of the Italian pride. Um, I like uh, porcelain products that are produced out of Spain as well as uh, Portugal. Australia produces very good ceramic and uh, porcelain type products. I would absolutely avoid, if you're looking for quality, avoid buying tile that is really inexpensive. And inexpensive can be, for wall tile, can be anything less than $6 a square foot. Uh, predominantly, the, that tile is produced out of China, and the materials that are being used are not very pure, not very good, and in many cases are not going to be they're not going to last very long for you in the, in, the, yeah. in the long run. Yeah. Hey, we were also talking about tiles that you get at discount places. They're usually seconds, right? And so we were talking about the tiles maybe not being squared or being of different thicknesses, which makes it difficult for your installer. And if he is a good installer, he can compensate for that. But it just makes his job more difficult, right? Right. And it could cost you in the long run in terms of money as well as in the end product. Uh, but yes, if you know what you're buying um, and, and you understand and realize the nuances of the size of the product, the thickness of the product, as you stated, the finish and so on and so forth, then you might be you might have good results. But for the most part, um, those discount places where they're selling tile by the pound or at 29 cents a square foot, um, you will not be receiving a high quality product. It will not, it will not be a good value. It will just be a cheap product. However, if you know what you're buying, go with it. Right. And remember, just what your mother used to tell you, you get what you pay for, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I want to thank you so much for uh, giving me uh, some well, a half hour of your time. I know you're so busy. You really work hard. One of the hardest working people around. And so uh, I enjoyed this. I think I learned a lot. And I think everybody else hopefully learned a lot. Do you have any last parting words? Like, um, don't knock at your door unless you're with a designer? <laughs> um, I can only say that this was enjoyable. I, I absolutely enjoyed uh, sharing my knowledge and my opinion with you and for your audience. Well, thank you, Gil. Hope everybody enjoyed today's show. Be sure to subscribe, and you can rate these podcasts and also comment on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. We're on over 23 platforms, including iHeartRadio. So don't forget to share them with your friends. 
Um, as you can tell by today's podcast, we have so much information for everybody, whether it's the designer, the builder, or the homeowner. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Gil on tile or anything else, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. So in the meantime, stay safe and have a great day. Thank you.